looks like we're lagging behind here. Not sure what's going on, but we'll make do with it. Um, you pray for us tonight that we would uh, be able to uh, do and say what the Lord want done. We, I know that we probably should be picking up with uh, uh, Romans chapter number fifteen, <clears throat> um, but um, we got something else on our on our heart tonight, so. Um, if you want to read along with us, we'll be going over to First Corinthians chapter number thirteen. First Corinthians chapter number thirteen. <clears throat> Appreciate you being here with us tonight. Um, if you're live with us. 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, I do want to say this. I'll say this at the beginning and at the end, so um, I did forget in uh, uh, Sunday to announce that uh, Anna Lee be baptized this coming Sunday morning at Housing Mill in Dawsonville, so we won't be able to be with you. We'll have somebody there uh, filling in for us this Sunday morning, so we won't be able to see you this coming week, but uh, uh, looking forward to the baptizing. And uh, <clears throat> uh, you just pray for that. But First Corinthians thirteen, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read uh, uh, starting in verse number four through the end of the chapter. But we're gonna go to the Lord in prayer uh, first and foremost, and then we'll get on uh, with the service tonight. Like I said, I know we should be picking up in Romans fifteen, but uh, we just felt like something else on our heart tonight. Don't know how long we'll really uh, stay on, stay with you, but. Um, just want to share what's on our heart. Uh, but let's do go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, as we bow in thy presence tonight, God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for this privilege, honor, and opportunity uh, to approach thy throne of grace. God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, and your love. Father, we are so undeserving and unworthy, God, of any good thing, God, that you would offer to us. But, Father, we're glad that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Father, we don't deserve grace, but, God, we're... Uh, I'm thankful, Lord, that we're recipients of it, Lord, through the gift and through your love and through your mercy. God, we pray, God, that you bless those uh, watching tonight, that would watch later. Uh, we don't know their hearts and their minds. We don't know where, they're, uh, where they stand with thee. And we certainly ask, God, that, um, that they would make their peace calling election sure. Uh, make things right with thee. Uh, before they step out into eternity. God, we thank you, Lord, uh, for loving us, Lord. We just pray, God, that, Lord, you'd help us, Lord, tonight. Watch over us. Uh, God, we pray, Lord, as we read and rightly divide thy word, God, let us not say anything crossways, but, God, let us be faithful, God, uh, to speak only that which the word gives us liberty. Father, we pray, God, that you'd help us tonight. God, we need you, Lord, now more. Lord, we could spend the whole hour tonight just approaching thy throne in prayer. God, this nation and this country needs you desperately. I need you desperately, Lord. Our churches, uh, we need you desperately, Lord, God, to intervene. God, we pray that you'd speak, uh, Lord, to the hearts and minds, God, of those that are saved by thy wonderful and amazing grace. God, let us draw together. Let us not be divided. But, Lord, let us I come together for the upbuilding of thy kingdom. God, we pray now that you watch over us. Keep us careful for us. Bless as we move forward, Lord, in this service tonight. Uh, may you receive all the honor and the glory.
for all things that's said and done. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> uh, but you pray for us tonight that we would uh, that we would be able to do and to say uh, what the Lord wants done tonight. We um, we don't want to do anything of our own accord, most certainly. Uh, but First <clears throat> Corinthians chapter number thirteen. Like I said, I know. Uh, that we're not in Romans 15. We'll we'll finish that up in a few days. But First uh, Corinthians chapter 13, verse number four, the scripture reads: Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaulteth not itself; it is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth uh, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I am known. And now abide of faith, hope, and charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. And if God be in our helper here tonight for just a few minutes, uh, and like I said, I, I'm really not. Uh, God knows my heart. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to tie you up for too terribly long tonight. Uh, but I just want to share this with you. God's really burdened my heart, and we live in uh, in a a troubled time. Boy, I'm telling you, we see, uh, and I try my best to preach on. I, I preached on Potiphar's prison Sunday morning, and uh, and I made this comment, and I want to reiterate it. And I believe that we're focusing on the prison that we're uh, in instead of doing what we can do uh, while we're in this prison. Uh, we know that we're strangers and pilgrims in this world. We know that this country, this land, is not our home. This is not our. Uh, uh, this is not our ultimate and final destination. We all know and realize that. We know that textually and spiritually, uh, that we're we're looking for uh, a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, and that's where we want to make our a dwelling place and our boat. Uh, but the Bible tells us, and it draws us back in. And I want to preach on love tonight. God being our helper here for just a few minutes, but uh, um, as we uh, have uh, found ourselves uh, and, and we ha as a nation have postured ourselves, uh, listen, love is far from us. Uh, love can't be found. Uh, there's so much dissension and division uh, that we can't even, uh, I read something the other day. It said, I remember when I was a kid when I could have an opinion and nobody would get mad about it. Uh, and friends, listen, that's the time that we lived into. We're, we're so divided. We're divided as a nation. We're divided as a country. We're divided as a church. We're divided as born-again believers. There's so much division. Uh, and the Bible tells us that God uh, is not the author of confusion. So where there's division, there's also confusion. But God's not the author of confusion. But yet, rather, God is the God of peace. And so, friends, listen, if we're going to find peace... In this present world and time uh, uh, that God has afforded us, God has afforded us this liberty. 
Uh, friends, listen, we need to take advantage of it. But I want to work our way through these verses just briefly. But now the Bible says, Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Uh, uh, it is not puffed up. And we can look at that word charity right there. Uh, that is our English word for love. Charity, uh, you can replace it with love. We want to talk about three Greek words. We have three Greek words that are used in the text. You have eros, philia, and agape. Uh, those are three separate types of love. And friends, listen, as we've lived into this day and time and country uh, uh, in this present setting in which we are, friends, listen to me, uh, we need to make sure that, that our love, uh, uh, friends, is honest, that our, that our love is pure, and that our love is... Uh, listen, it's not divisive. So friends, listen, as we discuss uh, these three things right here, listen, we've got the first one being eros, which is where we uh, term, uh, get our term erotic or erotica uh, from. Listen, and I want to say this. This is, uh, as you can also, uh, obviously tell, uh, this is a love that is deemed after sexual passions. And friends, they listen, uh, we've lived into a time uh, friends, listen, well, we, uh, we see that the family unit, uh, the nucleus of the family unit is being destroyed because of our misinterpretation of love. Uh, friends, listen, we find uh, and we go after and we chase after erotic love. We, we chase after and we lust after one another. And friends, listen, that's because, uh, listen, we see this massive degradation taking place in the nucleus of the family unit today is because if we can't have what we want, uh, then we, uh, we're pretty pre-programmed, uh, we're pre-packaged and we, we carry this supposition with us even into marriage uh, is that if we're not satisfied if they don't give us what we want then we'll just leave and we'll go get what we want uh, because that is the stature and the status of the of, of the current church that we live in uh, friends listen uh, but, but uh, this is not the love that Christ tells us and teaches us about friends listen if you go and you read ephesians in the fifth chapter the bible teaches us about uh, uh, and, and god contrasts and he uses analogies through the scripture and in the context he uses the church as the bride uh, of the husbandman which is the second person of the trinity the lord jesus christ and friends listen he said husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Friends, listen. Now, friends, I, I want to tell you something. Uh, uh, the love that, that is commanded in a marriage is a sacrificial love. That is preferring oneself above, uh, above what we desire, what we want, or what we believe that we need. It is sacrificing it at all costs, even if death is required, surrendering all things for the cause of love, for agape love. And we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But, friends, listen, we're caught up into this. Uh, listen, where we have this erotic passion love. And Friends, listen, I, I want to say this, and we may say, well, uh, this only applies to marriage. Friends, listen to me. This is what's wrong with the church today. People bring an erotic love into the church, and they fall in love with one another, and they lust after the things that they see and that they can handle and taste and touch. Uh, friends, they lust after the things that they can feel, and they lust after this. And friends, listen, when we come in uh, and, and we create and we cultivate and manufacture this environment, uh, listen, 
Listen, I, I'm telling you something today, friends. Listen, this erotic environment in the church house today is what is calling a ma- causing a massive, a massive digression and falling away in the church. And friends, listen, we're not supposed to lust after Christ. We are supposed to love the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm friends. Listen, that is a selfless love. But friends, listen, we uh, listen. We have we have turned something wonderful and beautiful. Uh, listen, and we have uh, wrapped it and cultured it in sin so immense and so abominable uh, that God can't get glory out of it. Friends, listen, I want to tell you something. I I was having a discussion with Brother Will this morning. We were talking on the telephone, uh, and I I told him, and I want to reiterate this tonight because I believe uh, this this posture and this attitude has set the stage of why we misinterpret what love is and how it should be demonstrated and most effectively how it should be exercised. But friends, listen, we live in a in a nation, in a society, and I just want to say as a world, uh, listen, I, I, as the internet has come upon us, uh, social media uh, has flooded us, and I thank God for social media. I thank God that we have this opportunity and this liberty here tonight to interact as we do, uh, and we can still communicate the word of God. We can still communicate the gospel, uh, and I thank God for these provisions, and we need to take advantage of them while God has afforded them to us. But I want to say this, uh, friends, because of all this, the world has become drastically smaller. It's much smaller. We can be across the world in a matter of hours. And friends, listen, as we live in in this smaller and smaller world, it seems like, uh, listen, when the world is closing in on us, that listen, we uh, intellectually have rejected God. And because we have intellectually rejected God, we found ourselves, well, we are so immersed in sin that we can't even see the amount uh, of of debauchery and debauchery that we are subsisting cited in because it is so prevalent around us. Friends, listen, if we pay attention to what happened to Lot, when Abraham finally, uh, when, when Abraham interceded on, on Lot's behalf to God, uh, and God said, I've had enough, I'm sending the angels down there. Uh, listen, he's bringing judgment, and he's bringing an end to all things. Uh, friends, listen, when uh, when the angels of God, when they showed up and when they appeared, they recognized, they uh, Lot recognized who the angels were were. He understood why they were there. He knew these things but friends, listen, he was so immersed in his sin and he had fell so passionately after the lust of the flesh. That's all he desired was the lust of the flesh. His wife had fallen. His son-in-laws had fallen. His daughters had fallen. He had found himself so immersed in sin. Now listen, we don't color this correctly. Listen, I'm just going to be honest and I want to put all this on the table. Friends, listen to me. When the angels came down there and they approached Lot and Lot knew the reason that they were there and the detractors and the sinners of that day and time were so rich, wretched, vile and wicked that they wanted to take the angels, uh, listen, and lie with them. Uh, Friends, listen, and and the Bible tells us, listen, that Lot had, had, had put himself in such a state and in such a condition. Friends, this is what the church needs to realize. There is an absolute consequence for our sin. The church has forgot that because we are lusting, we are not loving. There's a consequence. Lot went down there. He seen the debauchery of the people. He knew that he was in the presence of holiness. And the Bible tells us 
Listen, instead of offering the angels, he offered his daughters. God help us. Friends, listen, he offered his daughters to the Sodomites for them to have their way with them. Friends, listen to me. There is a cost. There is a consequence. Friends, listen to me. I'm here to tell you tonight. Uh, friends, listen. We need to assess the situation. We need to realize what is transpiring and taking place around us. Friends, listen to me. All my preacher brethren, Friends, listen, we hear the immensity and the rise of people preaching on the end times. And friends, listen to me, I'm not here to be a detractor of that. But I'm here, I am here to tell you that there is one day coming when the Lord Jesus Christ shall call a consummation and an end to all things. Friends, listen, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that the heavens will be rolled back as a scroll. Friends, listen, and the Bible tells us that the mud... Uh, that the moon will be, uh, will uh, turn uh, uh, be blackened and the sun uh, will be as blood. Uh, friends, listen to me. The Bible tells us that the stars of heaven shall fall, uh, listen, as an untimely wind, uh, as a fig tree when she's shaken by an untimely wind. Uh, friends, listen to me. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Judgment is coming. Uh, friends, listen to me. Not only is judgment coming, the Lord Jesus Christ is bringing judgment with him. I'm looking forward to the day when I can embrace my Savior. I see through a glass darkly now, but one day we shall embrace him face to face. We shall meet him. We shall give him a holy kiss, receive him, and embrace him for eternity. But people need to understand, when we keep falling and keep falling and keep accepting and keep condoning, now, friends, listen to me. I'm telling you, I'm sick to death. I am absolutely sick to death and fed up. I listen, with this left hand and right hand, I understand where we are at politically. I, I really do. I understand where we are at politically. I believe that in November we'll, we'll absolutely shape or reshape the direction and the path of this country. I listen, and I believe it will be set forever. But, friends, listen, if we can surpass it in November, four more years from now, we're going to have to do it again. And the Bible teaches us that things are not getting better, that they are not going in our favor. You see, we need to understand, friends, listen, we have, uh, we have postured ourselves because we've been so blinded by our blessings that we have an Americanized gospel, we have an Americanized interpretation, and we think when things are bad here, that things are bad everywhere, and when things are good here, things are good everywhere. Even as small as the world is, we get our blinders on, we only focus on us. We only pay attention to us. Uh, friends, listen, but we've got to come to the realization and I'm telling you, I'm just going to put what's on my heart tonight because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, uh, the Bible tells us this, and I believe I said and quoted this, and I quote this often, and I apologize for uh, potentially repeating myself, but Paul, uh, or listen, uh, Peter had a conversation with Christ, and, and Christ 
to nutshell and get this thing down to the driving point. Paul said, who do you say, who do men say that I am? He said, well, some say it's that Elijah or Elijah or some other prophet. He said, who do you say that I am? Uh, Peter made the declaration. He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this, this unto thee, but my Father, which is in heaven. He said, thy name shall be no more, no more called Peter, but, uh, but shall be called Cephas, which is to be interpreted a stone. He said, and upon this rock, this rock, I will build my church. The book of Isaiah says that he was the chief cornerstone. Listen, the church was not founded and built upon Peter. The church was founded and built upon Jesus. And he said, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Uh, friends, listen to me. That church will not falter. That church will not fail. It is not cracking. It is not going away. Uh, friends, listen. It is the ultimate, permanent, eternal foundation. It is the corner. It is the headstone. Uh, friends, listen to me. I, I said this all the time. There's a lot of people today, they say, well, uh, the Bible says it. I believe it, and therefore it's true. That's a lie. The Bible says it. The Bible says it. It's true. And, and listen, uh, and it doesn't matter if you believe it. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. The truth is not contingent on whether or not you believe it. It has nothing to do with it. The truth is always true. But friends, listen, we must understand love uh, listen, the erotic love, uh, listen, that we have crept into. Oh my goodness, friends, listen. The rise, uh, the rise and the escalation of the things that we are in. And we turn around, boy, I tell you, it makes my heart hurt. We turn around and we see our churches and they're half full or half empty, however you want to phrase it. We see them there, and listen, I'm glad that I can see a hand raise every now and then. I'm glad that I can see a tear run every now and then. I'm glad that I can hear a shout every now and then. I'm glad that, listen, through much fervor and much preaching and passion as we pour in and study the Word of God and we pray over the Word of God, I'm glad to see a soul every now and then beg and work their way feebly down to an altar and admit their relationship with Jesus, confess their sin, Listen and confess and claim Him as their Savior. I'm glad that we get to see these things and experience these things. But friends, listen to me. There are more lost people in today in, in, in this day, August the 19th, 2020. There are more lost people in this world, I believe, than there ever has been. But we're not in selfless love. We are in lust. Even the church, even the church is lust. Listen, we're not serving. We're not serving selflessly. We're serving lustfully because we want to know what's in it for us. If there's no accolades in it for us, if there's no benefit in it for us, that is an eros love. That is Eros service. Friends, listen, that is serving lustfully. Because it's not, I'm going to tell you something, friends, listen, I believe I said this. I made mention of this at the church several, several months ago. The doctor has a name, a, a medical scientific name for a cell 
that stops feeding the body and starts only feeding itself. It's there for no other reason than to consume and to feed itself. It stops, it stops benefiting and adding to the body. Uh, at that point, it, 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 it rejects and it turns on the body and it starts only feeding itself. Do you know what the doctors call that? Cancer. Friends, that, I'm telling you, that's what lust leads to. And friends, listen to me. The masses by the whole. Listen, they can reject me. You can get mad at me. Listen, I'm not going to tell you that I don't care because I do. I want people to love. I want people to care. I I want to reciprocate that love and care. But friends, listen to me. It's time that somebody somewhere made the declaration that, listen, it's time that we stop playing church Amen. It's time that we stop lusting after God because when we lust after God, it's when we exercise lust, it's not about what we can give to God, but it's about what God can give us. And that's what we turn the house of the Lord into. Jesus told him, he said, my father's house is not a den of thieves, but my father's house is a house of prayer. Friends, listen, I quoted this on Sunday. Dr. Adrian Rogers said in early 2000s, he said, what's wrong with the vast majority of our churches in the United States of America is that 80% of the attenders are lost. Francis and people need to get saved. They they don't need a lustful relationship with Christ. It's not about what they get. They need a selfless serving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that they can say, Father, because I don't have to go to hell and for no other reason, I'm going to serve you till my dying day. Friends, listen, but we find ourselves where we forget there's consequences for our modes and for our actions and for our understandings. And it costs a lot everything. I think about that. I think about the day and time that we're in. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Preacher, uh, uh, are are you saying that you are concerned about the times? Yes, I'm concerned about the times. Am I fearful about the times? No, I'm not scared of the times we live in. I'm not scared uh, of the coronavirus. I'm not scared of what lies ahead, but we respect we respect all of those things, and we understand, and we, with patience, try and understand those things. But to understand those things holistically, we must surrender ourselves to a selfless agape love. Friends, listen to me. And I'm going to get through this because I've already been 30 minutes and I said it wasn't going to go long. It says, charity suffereth long, or love, love suffereth long, and it is kind. Charity envieth not, right? Charity, uh, charity doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not jealous. Friends, listen to me. I'm telling you, churches are a competition. Preachers are a competition. Uh, friends, listen, I've never seen the beats of like it any, of anything. It's all a competition, Uh, and it's incomprehensible. It really is. It's incomprehensible to me, friends. I just want to see lost people saved. Listen, that's my heart's desire is to see lost people saved. But friends, listen, we see because people were were in a state of lust, not love. Because they were in a state of lust, 
we see them fall off and go away to the left and to the right. And we hear about them. We see them. We hear tell of them. But they're gone. Charity vaunteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. And it thinketh no evil. I told you there was three uh, Greek definitions of the word love. Eros, and I've talked about that at great length, is a lustful love or a sexual passionate love. We have Phila, uh, the city of brotherly love. That's where Philadelphia comes from. But it's a, that's, a, uh, that's a love that is, has its basis on friendship. Not necessarily a selfless love, but a, friend, a friendly love. And friends, listen, we, we, we've seen the masses of the church. We've seen them lust. We've seen them be a friend. Jesus said in Zechariah chapter number 13, he said, all these wounds did I suffer in the house of my friends. But then we get down to the Greek term agape, which is a selfless love which is demonstrated in Romans chapter number 5 when the Bible says, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. A selfless manifestation. When he made the declaration on the cross of Calvary, he said, Elahi, Elahi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He declared within himself, he purposed within himself to love us self selflessly. He didn't want anything in return. But he know ultimately in the final culmination of the cross of Calvary and the finality of the resurrection of himself, he said, I must love selflessly. Pilate said, we find no fault in him. That was against the Jewish law, the Ten Commandments, the 613 amendments, <clears throat> and all the Roman civil laws. He was not guilty. He was not found guilty of anything. But friends, listen to me. He loved selflessly. Selflessly. Hey, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, if we call ourselves a Christian, that means to be Christ-like. So how should we love? We don't love in eros or phila. We love in agape. We love in a selfless love. We love when we don't want to love. We love when it costs us something. We love... <laughs> we love... Even in a surrendered state, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. What about that? Rejoice not in iniquity, but rejoice in truth. Verse 7, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. That's what love does. Love beareth all things. It believes all things. It hopes in all things and it endures all things. God is love, my friends. Listen, the Bible tells us uh, as we see the triune Godhead, first, or St. John chapter 1, the scripture said, 
In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him, there's nothing made that is made. Friends, listen. We, in verse number 14, the Bible says, And the Word became flesh, and we dwelt, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Friends, listen, when we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, friends, listen, they are a surrendering love. They are a selfless love. Uh, friends, listen, they are a love, uh, listen, that is perfect, that is holistic. And because of that love, friends, listen to me, that's why I'm saved by the love of my Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we receive that in the fullness and the finality of the gift of grace. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity, love, it never fails. <clears throat> Friends, listen. This nation, there's a, uh, boy, I'm telling you, these people been through a roller coaster over the last several months. Lost jobs, potentially. Lost homes, lost businesses, lost finances, Stock market losses, retirement, pensions. Friends, listen to me. I'm telling you something. It, it hit everybody from the top down. But love never fails. Suicide rates are, are rising among our younger generation. They're rising among our younger generation because the church, myself, we have failed to correctly communicate and demonstrate agape love. We've taught them very successfully, very successfully how to lust. But we haven't taught them how to selflessly love. Charity or love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And friends, listen, I'm not here to preach on the charismatic moment, uh, movement that's going on. Uh, uh, and listen, I'm not even here to have this discussion tonight. What the premise of this verse is, and listen, I I'll say this honestly, most people take this out of context, is the Bible tells us uh, whether there's prophecies or tongues, if it's not done in love, then it fails. You see, that is the end-all, uh, be-all of that. Friends, listen to me. Anything not done and manifest and showed in love, in selfless agape love, is meaningless and it is useless. If you want to talk about something else, another time we can talk about that as well, but I'm not here to talk about that tonight. Verse 9, the Bible says, For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but that which is, but when, that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1, it said, In whom after you heard the gospel of your salvation, in whom after you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of your inheritance to the purchase of the prized possession. Friends, listen to me. I I'm telling you, we have now received the spirit of adoption. We have been sealed by the spirit. Uh, listen, uh, uh, and we have been given the promise of the future inheritance and the future hope. And time would suffice for us to preach on all that tonight. But Francis, we need to understand, uh, listen, uh, that we only have things partially now. We're only betrothed to the bridegroom. We're only engaged. We're going toward the, the wedding supper. We're headed toward that place. I'm glad 
uh, when John the Revelator, when he wrote to us and he said, and I seen, uh, uh, listen, I, let's just read that real quick. Revelation chapter number uh, 21, uh, verse number one. It says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle, amen, the tabernacle, uh, that's priestly language, amen, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself uh, shall be with them, and he, uh, and be their God. Uh, friends, listen, I'm telling you something. We've got the promise of a better hope. We only know in part. We've only received the Spirit. Listen, we've been sealed, and we have the inheritance, but we're waiting on it. It's already not yet, right? Uh, friends, listen, we have it, we possess it, and we're running to it. And boy, I can't wait. I can't wait to get there. Amen. Well, I'll tell you something. As, as time is right now, listen, I, it's hard not to repeat as John said. He said, come Lord Jesus. Well, I'm looking for the Lord. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, we shall prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part shall be done away. Glory to God. Now listen to verse number 11. When I was a child, this is strong medicine. There's a lot of people out there. They need some strong medicine. And I'm going to tell you something. You need to take your finger off your nose, and you need to taste it. Amen. I'm telling you something. Uh, uh, I thought about my daughter. Uh, she's got a sinus infection. We've been giving her dime tap and motion every night. And every night, she's got to have a glass of water in one hand. Uh, listen, she's got to hold her nose before she takes her medicine so she can't taste it. I'm telling you something, friends. That's what we're doing with the Word of God. I've never in my life seen a vast majority of people. They just turn their nose up. They hold their nose. Amen. When the preacher's preaching, they don't want to hear the Word of God. That's what the Bible says. Amen. Said in the last days, said there would be a famine in the land, not of the preaching of the word of God, but of the hearing. When I was a child, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And I want to drive home this point here tonight. This divisiveness, this competition. This right hand, left hand, this uh, uh, let's disagree at every single thing that is mentioned, that is said. Take them out of context. Friends, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. We're acting like children on the playground. I'm here to tell you, grow up, be a man, be a woman. And you need to regard yourself as one. And when you grow up and when we realize we need to love agape, we need to selflessly love and demonstrate ourselves. I've said this for many, many days, many years, many churches that I've pastored that God has afforded us the opportunity to serve as under-shepherd. Uh, friends, listen, we are a family. If the family is arguing, keep it in the house. Get it off of uh, Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and Twitter. Get off the telephone. 
get in the altar and beg God to fix and rectify selflessly. Let's love one another. Stop acting like children. That's what I want to tell the whole church. Myself included. Stop acting like little kids on the playground. Running around tattletelling. Running around the playground tattletelling on everything, everybody. Because we're not doing it the way that we want it done. But you see, that's what lustful love breeds. Lustful love breeds uh, an attitude and a mentality and an intellect that has to be fed. And if we're not fed, we're not satisfied. But Christ wants us to give. Give as you have been given. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know even as I am known. How are we known? We're known in the eyes of grace. We're known in the eyes of grace. And boy, I can't wait to be known in that fashion. Amen. Uh, known, prognosco, which is knowledge. Uh, friends, that, that is an intimate thorough that's not knowing about somebody that is knowing that is a prognosco a, a language that's used there that is an intellectual uh, knowledge that knows every fiber of of their entire being that's what the bible was talking about in hebrews chapter uh number four uh, when the scripture tells us, he said, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than into its sword, piercing even to the divine asunder of soul and spirit, joining Mara and his discerner, a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We see through a glass darkly. Like I said, we receive the spirit. It's an already not yet. We're headed and we're pressing toward something that far exceeds anything that our minds can perceive. Time won't uh, justify me going into all that. But listen, it says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, but then that time when the part is done away with and we shall be known, uh, uh, listen, when that which is uh, in part shall be done away with uh, and the perfectness uh, the perfection of our Savior, the Lord Jesus, presents himself. Friends, listen, that's why we see through a glass darkly. One day we'll know. Uh, we'll see face to face and we'll be known as we are known. And now about a faith, hope, and charity or love. And now about a faith, hope, and charity. These three. But the greatest of these is charity. You see, we can't have hope if there's nothing to hope in. We can't have faith if there's nothing to have faith in. But see, we hope and we have faith in love because Christ is love. Friends, listen, the Bible tells us in 1 John, we don't know what we shall be, but we know that when we shall see him, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. God bless you. I love you tonight. Uh, good Lord willing, I hope that the Lord has blessed you. Uh, like I said, I, I, if you didn't hear me in the outstart, um, it completely slipped my mind this past Sunday that Annalise baptizing is this, this coming Sunday at Hauser's Mill in Dawsonville at 10 o'clock. Uh, so we won't be at the church house on Sunday. Uh, we'll have somebody there in our stead, so you pray for them. Uh, 
And we'll be praying for you. You pray for us as we go to the baptizing. It'll be a special day for uh, for our family. And we thank God for that. We thank God for you, Timberidge. Thank God for anybody who would uh, look or listen. I hope that it's a blessing to you. Most of all, if you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus Christ and the free pardon of sin, you've never made a personal profession of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you just get down where you are right now? Admit, believe, and confess. And it's that simple. God bless you tonight. We love you.